Frontier is a podcast uh, that talks about Web3. We discuss Web3. We talk about it. We look at what is happening in Web3 in Africa. We look at it from the simplest narratives, the simplest terms. It's not going to be a hicky-packy conversation. We just come on, guys, discussing Web3 money and where it's going in Africa. So my name is Dennis. I'm the host. I'm also a product Web3 product manager and product operator. I spent the last couple of years of my career building crypto companies and fintech um, startups here in Africa. I have here with me my colleagues and friend Jeffrey. Would you mind introducing yourself? Hi, Dennis. Um, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Um, my name is Jeffrey. Um, I work as a blockchain engineer with companies to build decentralized applications and um, applications that make use of blockchain technology and help the masses make use of this technology. So yeah, yeah thanks again sure, for having man. me. Yeah, welcome, bro. Anytime. Isaac, can you please introduce yourself? Hey, guys. Um, good evening. It's evening on my, on my end here. Uh, my name is Isaac. Can you see me? Um, I, for, I've been working as an analyst at Coinbase for a while now, and I've really dived into Web3 for a while, and I'm really excited to be here to talk about Web3 and Web3 in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Web3 in Africa and what it has, right? Because in this yeah. episode... It's actually our first episode, right? I'm very much excited about this. I don't know if you guys are pumped and excited about this. Jeff, I don't know about what, what do you think about the podcast? Like, where do you think this is going to take us? Because for me, it's a journey of the unknown. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a journey. It's definitely a journey. Um, I'm definitely pumped. Um, I feel like um, what we are, what we are d- diving into here is definitely something that a lot of people need. A lot of people need information about this. And yeah, yeah, we're just here to help the people. So I'm really excited. Honestly, yeah, because, because 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 you notice that most of most of the things you come up the uh, always on what on Twitter talk, they write some very lengthy threads about Web three and they, they they begin to talk about things that but that it's, it's almost not even feasible in our kind of um, in in kind of with the kind of culture we have. Yeah, in Africa, it's, it almost does not make any sense if you, if you, if you yeah, come to think of it. Yeah, yeah standing sure. on that not making any sense, right? Because that is actually yeah. what is driving our first topic. The web train narrative in Africa is not African. So this is actually no. a conversation that actually started from a WhatsApp call where we had last week. So I was speaking with Isaac in the morning. So we are discussing web three, talking about the impact, talking about how people or users are actually adopting this technology in Africa. And one thing that actually occurred to us is that the whole ownership, take the money out of the government hand, destroy the bankers and take over the world narrative is not really something that is African when it comes to Web3, right? We have our own set of problems. We have our own set of use case. We have our own set of mentality and every great technology at the end of the day, bows at the altar or at the clemency of culture, because a culture of a society determines how it adopts any 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 te- technology. Guess the internet. When the internet came to Africa, most of the West, their first uh, acceptance to internet was through broadband, desktop, and laptop. But when it came to internet, it bowed to the it bowed to the table of mobile. From their mobile money, yeah. you have so many in person and the rest of them. So we believe, I don't know, maybe you share your view, uh, Jeffrey, or anybody that wants to take care to jump in. Like, what is actually the real 
Web3 narrative in Africa. Jeffrey, I think, I think this actually bounced to you. As a blockchain developer, you've been building projects. You definitely understand the pain points from the builder's standpoint. What do you think is the real Web3 narrative in, in Africa? Um, okay, yeah. So I feel like um, a lot of Nigerians or Africans in general, a lot of people don't really know what exactly Web3 is. A lot of people see okay. Web3 as just cryptocurrencies, right? They just feel like um, a lot of people see Web3 and blockchain technology as just cryptocurrencies. And a lot of people, especially Africans, they see it as a way investment, kind of like stocks. So you see people buying crypto when it's low, selling when it's high. It's almost like a different kind. It's almost like a business. But that isn't kind of like what Web3 is all about. That isn't like the only use case of Web3. Um, Web3 is... In general, like this, like a new phase of the internet, which involves multiple things. It involves blockchain technology. It involves decentralization. It involves, um, with use of blockchain technology, it involves removing the middlemen, and kind of like, kind of like a power to the people kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. With use of it, allowing users to build applications that are decentralized, allowing people to have more access to their data. Because um, major corporations like Facebook, um, Google, they take users' data and they sell it to their bidder. So this is kind of like to, so Web3 is kind of like a phase to kind of like remove that. For example, um, a lot of people, like you might know, you might search up like on Google, um, let's say you search up like a PS5 or a device. Yeah, on, another, on a different website and you see ads pertaining to what you searched about like two days ago or an hour ago sometimes. So that's because like your data or people's data are always taken. Um, so yeah, Web3 is basically solving that problem and multiple other problems. But Africans don't really see it that way. Africans usually see it as like a sort of investment scheme. So you see um, people buying when it's buying crypto. Because I feel like crypto is like the major um, starting point for anybody to get into Web3, especially in Africa. Because Nigerians have one of the highest amounts of crypto in the world. Like we keep one of the highest amounts of crypto in the world. And most of that is basically just, most of people just use it as like an investment. So they buy Bitcoin when it's low, sell it when it's high. So yeah, I feel like that's one of the easiest ways that that's like one of the only ways that um Africans see cryptocurrencies. Yeah, we, we not we not will you not say that the narrative like around the crypto uh in Africa, the reason why Isaac, I think this will actually come to you directly. Like look at we're looking at what Jeffrey said, power to the people. I actually believe in that. But when he talks about African see crypto as an investment scheme, which is the truth, that Africa are not exploring beyond buying and selling of cryptocurrency which is also part of the conversation. But to you, what do you actually think, right? He has spoken from a builder's perspective, what on the street perspective, like, what do you actually, where do you think this narrative actually applies? Is it just investment, investment, or buy and sell? Like, is there any other real narrative that you believe that you are seeing or people are not yet seeing that you might just want to share with everybody? Yeah, yeah, I, right. So I, I just, Jeffrey, I think let's come back to you, right? Let's just come back to you a little bit on this, right? Because I just feel like um, the 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 Web three uh, conversation in Africa, which is actually the truth, but on a very micro level, right? I think what we are seeing or what we are witnessing is just like the next phase of the internet, right? We are witnessing okay. money being redefined. We are witnessing uh, we are witnessing uh, what's it called? We are witnessing ownership being redefined but i always have this core belief that we africans actually have 
a narrative to Web3, which is actually around trust, which is actually something that is similar to what you have in the West. But when you look at what we have here in Africa, we have broken financial institutions, government that you don't trust, police that you don't trust, military that you don't really trust, corruption fighting institutions that you don't really trust, central bankers that you don't really trust, that just print money always, which is kind of like a conversation for everybody across the board globally. But I believe that Web3 as an African narrative is actually trying not to destabilize uh, the money regimes of the world because by default, the money regimes in Africa are kind of like destabilized because what do you okay. say about a currency? I don't know, I don't know what you think about it. Like a currency that have devalued by almost 54% because since our last president was in office, that the Nigerian president since he's been in office and left, the Nigerian currency developed by well, what do you think actually is the narrative on that perspective? Like like the currency has already been destabilized and like is Web3 is not here to fight, it's just here to make it better. Like unlike in the West, where he's fighting. Like what do you think about it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually very true. Um compared to the West where um a lot of people are kind of like fighting, a lot of the big um players there, they're trying to fight Web3. But over here fighting it. Um, cause like I said, like exactly like in Nigeria and in Africa, um, we said something about the currency um devaluing, which is hundred percent. A lot of people, a lot of Nigerians use blockchain technology and Web three as a way to save and kind of like to retain the value of their money. So a lot of people um have like Binance accounts or they save with or they save with stable coins. So um, it is also like a use case. So like I. I and what three is usually just like the financial side, the cryptocurrency part that a lot of Africans use. And yeah, we really embrace it. And we don't really see it as we don't really see it like as a competition to our our, our regular currency. We see kind of like see yeah. it as a salvation. This is like as our salvation basically. Like yeah, as an alternative. Like because the reason why I got into crypto, right, for me is like the reason why I strongly believe about this technology is not just because of anything, but I just believe that the power for the people to have a choice, right? Over the years, money has never had competition. Maybe probably sure. between gold, money as, as something has never had competition. It had just been either money or not money, right? But now we have, we have that great competition where the government-backed fiat are competing against private money, which is cryptocurrency, and trying to seek legitimacy and trying to seek uh, ultrasoundness, like what we say in the Ethereum community, say Ethereum is ultrasound money, right? So like yeah. that conversation around ultrasound money and not ultrasound money is actually what is actually driving the background narrative of what is actually happening in Africa. Because if you have an ultrasound money that is digital, portable, and you can move the value across the internet, that means cross-border remittances is fast. And if you have a hard money, Bitcoin, that means that people can actually hedge against inflation, right? They can actually sure. hedge against bad monetary policies. They can actually solve some major complex problems. Because for me, personally, like I'm putting it out there and sharing it to the world. What I really believe about crypto and Web3 in Africa beyond money, I think it, it beckons on trust as a base for building this technology because I don't know, I think we'll come back to this, right? 
I don't know. Sure. I think, yeah, I like, think I, would, I, I would like to, I would like to, I would like to add something to what you were saying, you know, because right. you've talked about, you've talked about, you've talked about how, um, how you see um, Web3 in Africa and how we should go, how we should go about it. And then, you know, there's, you know, I would like to add something. So I also like to add something to what Jeffrey said. You know, you said how, you talked about how Nigerians have the, um, they, they hold a lot of cryptocurrencies or they make use of it as a means to save, to save. And yeah. there's one other thing you mentioned. You mentioned about you mentioned so many use cases of how um, Africans can make use of of um, cryptocurrency or blockchain in general. And then because most of the adoption they always talk about is how Nigerians have a lot of cryptocurrency. Nigerians have a lot of Bitcoin. Or they are holding a lot of stable coins. But how are we really contributing to the web, to Web three? Are we able to build? What are we building? What? How are we contributing? How exactly are we contributing to the Web3 space? Is it, is it even easy to? Is it even easy for us to build? You know, it's quite complicated. That we we were talking about something. We were talking about something earlier. I'm sure we've all we've all had to um, go about using some basic basic transactions, either via Ethereum or Arbitrum or some other um, blockchains, and then you see some very crazy. Uh, Crazy amount um, numbers or some crazy, some cr- very complicated um, English that you probably some some <laughs> a layman would definitely not understand. Because for instance, yeah. if you go to if you go to the bank, if you go to the bank and you, and you pick a teller and you want to make a payment for a school fee or just, or for you just, write, you just write, you just write, you just write on the teller this, give it yeah, to yeah. them, or even you pick up your phone and then immediately you've made your transaction. Well, you want to make use of you want to you want to pay for a very little thing via Ethereum. They will charge you for what they'll write they'll write a certain gas fee or they'll tell you to go and select um change the gas fee from this to this or set this so that the gas fee is not going to be too expensive. See, all this this is going to restrict adoption. We talk about adoption. people will continue using it for only saving, putting their money in USDT, putting their money in USDT because it's not easy for us to 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 do those things that 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 will allow us to um, achieve that stage that um, Web three is supposed to get to in Africa, you get, you get what I'm trying to say about. You know what I'm trying to like say. So that 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 boring stage where yeah. I have to call it the boring stage where, like Jeffrey, like I guess we'll call it for that. example. <laughs> for example, where you you know is boring doing bank transfer. It's no longer a big deal or a big miracle mm-hmm. to you that you're doing bank transfer. But for example, if somebody uses Ethereum to pay somebody in Uganda, the whole Twitter is going to hear about it. Oh, he's paying with crypto. Oh, he's paying with crypto. <laughs> Why do we need to say you are paying with crypto? Like, mm-hmm. can it just be, I just paid? Like, I think, I think we are going to get to adoption where or the narrative is going to balance out where more Africans are building because account abstraction, MPC, smart contract, layer one, layer two, all these things are universal technologies used by developers across the world. And I can tell you, and I will be very frank with you, though they are open source, I believe so many African developers are not really contributing to that building blocks. Because I had, I asked somebody this question. Why do you think Google hires from all over the world? It was like, because they're hiring. I don't know. Why do you think they hire, they have people from almost every country working with them? They say, maybe they're looking for talent. They say, no. The reason why is because Google is a building a universal product. And they, they, I think, I believe they take into account cultures and behaviors of people when designing and building products. For me, I think 
that is one thing that Web3 is not actually acknowledging because NFT does not solve any fucking problem for anybody in Africa. <laughs> Let me be very honest with you. Sure, it solves, sure. it solves on a very large scale, maybe things of like for now, on a very basic use case. We are so thank you. We are so distracted because it's going to be very hard for you to go to the museum art gallery here in Lagos and start pitching them. The, we've tried it right with Ava's citizen finance. We are building an NFT project. We went to the gallery here in Lagos to talk to them about NFTs and AR and VR. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't listen to us. I'm not saying it doesn't have a future, it has a future, but. Just like African governments are now too busy discussing other things that is not crypto and the rest of them, I think we we have real problem. Like, sorry, I'm taking too long. I'm taking too much. Yeah, no, no, sure. It yeah. takes you, it takes you, time to send money from Namibia to South Africa. It costs you up to. It says yesterday I'm sending two hundred dollar. Going to cost you around ten to twenty dollars. Let me not exaggerate. Do you know the distance between Namibia and South Africa? It's not even it's not even far. It's not far. Five hours you have gotten there. Like yeah. with all the bombshell tsunami explosion of web three in Africa and the rest of that, why have these problems not been solved? I don't know if anybody here can answer that question. Okay, so um According, I, I just want to go into um what Elizabeth what Isaac said, and also I'll answer what you said. So um I mm-hmm. feel like the the use cases for Web three in Africa are totally different from use case with the rest of the world. It's true. Um, yeah, that's true. Cause um over in the over um outside um people are usually talking about um decentralization, um data privacy, that sort of yeah. thing. That's kind of like the use cases that a lot of people are using. But over here, I feel like most of one of the major use cases for like um not even for transaction, a lot of people just use it for, to save to protect themselves from inflation. So um NFTs yeah. are a very big deal over there, but over here they're just like hype. Nobody really, really uses them or has use cases for them. So what and I feel like that's like the big divide in for developers in Africa. A lot of African developers, like blockchain developers or blockchain engineers, skills, but they don't know exactly what to build for Africa because the African market is totally different and the African mindset too is totally different. Totally Hello, different. Like, the average Nigerian or African, uh, I'm, the average Nigerian or African, they don't really care about if you use my data. As long as it doesn't affect me, you, I'm okay. It's all good. You get as long as, but like, as long as the money in their bank account is secure, boy, you're talking your You get it. Exactly. So it's like, as long as they're not debiting me, I'm okay. Exactly. Like, it's not it's not bad to feel that way. It's not bad to feel that way. That is how we are. But like what what the use cases that pertain to us are um the way it saves people from inflation basically because the average African or Nigerian man wants to protect himself, wants to protect his money, he wants to see how we can make more money. So um that is kind of like how that's kind of like the big divide. I feel like that's kind of like one one of the reasons why um that's one of the reasons why um we have different use cases like a lot of, we don't really have a lot of use cases here that are like visible to the eye for like we don't really have a lot of big projects pertaining to african problems then and also about the gas fees um gas fees in blockchain right now because blockchain is still at this early adoption stage it's really really at the very early stage so there's still a lot of hurdles we need to climb 
yes. um, from transactions per second, from gas fees, um, a lot of a lot of things. But definitely, projects are still. But we already currently have a lot of active projects solving those problems. So one by one, step by step, like Ethereum, for example, Ethereum two point came out last year, which solved a lot of problems about um, it reduced the gas fees. It's still they are still relatively high, but it reduces it reduces them. We still have a lot of roll up projects. A lot of other projects are trying to reduce gas fees on all on different multiple chains. So, yeah, um, definitely, the technology still has a lot of um things to do before it can be accepted. By a lot of people, can my doing transactions on something like Ethereum, and the gas fees can be as high as what you are sending. So like um, there's a lot, of, there, yeah. So like there's a lot of things to climb, but yeah, we'll definitely get there. We'll definitely get there. Isaac, I don't know. Maybe you have your two coins you want to add. I, I, don't, I think what, all I want to say is I really love the um, what you said about what you said about um, our culture in Africa. You know, because you know, it, it, people don't say it a lot. They always like to talk about adoption in Africa, and they, they forget to mention that what, most of what is driving the average African man is they they want to make. <laughs> they want to make more money, sure. and that's what that is what most people most people they don't always want. To, I don't know why they don't like to mention that. What they always mention about is ah, uh, people some 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 people are making use of it to make uh, payments. Yeah, some people are making use of it. Those people are using, using it to make payments. Most of them is because why they have it is because they they were trying to make more money for it or say or preserve their core, preserve the their core, their value, the value of their money because they don't want it to lose value. Honestly, okay. because so. Yeah, so so until we until we are like you said, it's still we are still growing, it's still growing. Until we get to that stage, it's no longer too difficult for people because you know it's hard to even have some of these conversations with one person because there are too many complicated things you need to you need to explain this, you need to explain this, you need to explain this before you to understand everything sure. we are trying to say about it's because it's about money. It is about okay, we are moving from we are moving from fiat. We want to, we want to move from fiat to Digital money. It should not. This should not be too much abstraction. We should not. It should not be too difficult to understand what digital money is all about, or why they are making use of this, making use of this um, um tool or whatever to do what you want. Yeah, I, I believe you, man. I trust you hundred percent. I yeah. think both of you have made a very solid arguments and points because, for me, to top it off, right? What what I actually believe, the web three narrative in Africa is trust. Yeah. I, for me, right? I don't know. I don't know about the other person. But for me, the web narrative in Africa is trust because, as Jeffrey mentioned, the person is trying to save itself from inflation. The person no longer trusts the government. He now trusts the USD to save him from inflation. Yeah. The person no longer trusts the banking system. He now trusts the blockchain. So I think the trust is the native currency of Africans on the blockchain. And developers, builders, founders, VCs, investors, operators, looking at Africa from the web, from the lens of Web3, should, because there is so much culture in Africa. Africa is very diverse. I love Africa so much. Culture out, across board, across the continent, from the West to the South, to the East, to the North, one thing that actually unites Africa is that trust idea. Like, Africans love the middleman. No matter how you want to say it, we love the middleman business. But at the end of the day, we are seeing this technology as eliminating that middleman. I think for me, we are where I will start getting excited about Web3 is when it comes to solve, start solving lending. You see credits. 
when you start to start solving credits, when you start to solve solving insurance. Now, let me give you, let me give you an example of one of the biggest African narrative on Web3 that has not been discussed. My grandmother was, was, was a school principal before she died. So she uh, was being paid pension every, I know, all those money that they used to pay them gratuit and whatever. So yeah. when she was, uh, uh, what's it called? When she was, every time they removed pension for her money, she started teaching the year uh, 1970 uh, something. That's when she started teaching. She retired 1970 something, 1980 something. I can't remember. She retired um, 2008. When she was uh, school principal then, Naira to dollar was around, was relatively low. I think it was around 100 Naira or 15. I can't remember, right? Then, before she retired, Naira to dollar was around, um, around 300 or 150 or something like that. But it was kind of like a little high towards she was earning then. So my, my, my point being that many Africans that are paying insurance, who have millions of money in insurance in Africa, in Nigeria, for example, every day, their money is devaluing. Imagine where you've worked for 50 years of your life and it gets to the point where you now need to cash out your insurance, your, sorry, your, what's it called? Your, your retirement fund. It turns out yeah. that your retirement money that you need to cash out that was supposed to be around one million dollars now five hundred thousand because of the currency devaluation. <laughs> you know yeah. that is not being talked about. Okay, how are we going to use this technology to solve pensions? Because that is where we start driving societal change, like real value, real uh, like core change. Use case. I, I'm serious, right? Like. That is when you start solving this problem, deep bottom. Somebody said something, Tori, Tori Samples or something, like, I can't remember her name. She worked at um, Stella Foundation. I met her in Celo Camp in 2020. We competed together at the Celo Camp. She said something, savings is the basis of every society. If society that saves lives well. And Africa have bad saving culture. We have bad saving culture not because Africans don't like to save, I would say. I think that culture was something because we don't trust the institutions they're saving the money with. Okay, you don't want to keep the money in your house because somebody might want to come and steal it. You don't want to keep it in the bank because you don't even know what the bank are going to do with your money. Maybe the one day they will just fold because we have all this banking crisis that happened and then plus this inflation holds it. So I think the diverting towards savings with crypto in Africa is natural. And I think more use cases should be built around that. If somebody have a savings account, and checking from there, they can perform transactions and do so many other things, right? So for me, I think it, it all comes down to trust, right? I think that's my closing thoughts around because I'm going to round up. I would, I would circle it back and talk about how compliance and regulation is shaking up. But maybe I'll roll it back to the guys again. Um, Isaac, what are your closing thoughts? Or Jeffrey, anybody can go first. Like, what are your closing thoughts? Like, what are you saying to the builders out there? What are you saying to the investors out there saying, we're looking at Web3 in Africa? Like, what do you have to, like, contribute? Like, what are your closing thoughts? Um, For me, I think... Okay, no, Isaac, yeah, go first. Oh, Isaac, right. go. Isaac, can go first. 
this, this, this is how this will be my closing thoughts for it. So I think one thing that is very important for 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 we to be able to adopt in Africa is we need to be able to deliver benefits without having to go through issues. Like we should not have we should stop, so that we don't longer like you said so that we begin to have that trust. We need to have that trust, and then we should not be we should not be needing to go through the Fort Knox kind of setting up kind of security. We should not be needing to uh, um, store our seed phrase inside the vault and carry the vault and have buried the vault inside cave. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We, that, <laughs> that, 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 that guy. That guy who is doing that right now. <laughs> you wish they are just writing it down. They are just writing it down in a piece of paper. I think that is a piece of paper now. Yeah, Nobody did that yet. We need that ease. That is, I. It will come. And then you know when it comes, comes back, it's for, for, for everybody to so, uh, Yeah, so that, that makes sense. I Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey, over to you. Okay, um, I feel like for me, I feel like one of, yeah, um, one of the major reasons why we do not have a lot of um active use cases or active use cases being built for Africa is because yeah, you know a lot of people know about the technology. Then also people that know about the technology, they are not building. For example, um not a lot of people like a lot of people um like on Twitter, um Twitter Af on Africa in Nigeria, people that don't really know a lot about the technology, you see them posting you see them posting stuff on Twitter misleading other people. While people that but the people that do know a lot of times they're just silent, like they don't really spread the knowledge. Exactly. So I feel like we need to have a change of that. We need to have more people who know about technology talk actively about it, spread the information, spread the gospel of Web3. Then for builders to cut them automatically, um, I feel like when people know exactly what technology does, what the potential it has, then automatically we're going to have builders to have founders come in then more engineers will come, then more use cases will be built. Because there's so yeah. much potential. There's a lot of there's a lot of potential, there's a lot of use cases. We just need the um, education of a lot of people, basically. Yeah. I I would say for Web3 in Africa, we have not even woken up yet. I think we are at still all, all. we are still we are still stretching. We are still stretching, early money stretching. <laughs> Where are we going to? <laughs> I think I think there is so much because I think conversations like this actually matters, right? Because this actually shapes up the narrative. This actually gives you word on the street view of Web3. Forget about polished interviews, polished press release, and the rest mm -hmm. of that. We are building on the street, and we are coming here, and we are giving you word on the street, what is happening in Africa when it comes to Web3. How do people understand this thing? I'll be very frank with you. If I go down right now in my estate and speak to five people, Nobody gives a shit about Web3. At all. 100%. And all. if we really want to solve a problem and grow adoption in Web3 in Africa, we have to make it easy. Extremely easy. Starting from the wallet standpoint for people to use 
are crypto. I, I, I was saying, I was telling somebody, why do they have to call it Node? Well, what do you mean? <laughs> why do Ethereum have to call it Node? <laughs> why not call it server? Why do you have to call it Node? It's just a server. Call it server, not Node. Why must it be wallet? Can you not call it account? Can we not just call it in open finance? Must we call it Web3 blockchain? Can oh it just be open God. finance? <laughs> they, like, they like the fancy words. They like the fancy words. <laughs> that can be easy for anybody to understand. And, 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 and that rides into the compliance and regulatory part. I think like, maybe that's what yes. we'll talk about later because it's a very big conversation. Because regulators, Web3 in Africa, they are very scared. Not because of the technology is scared, but because the way the narrative has been constructed, like destroy them all. They make it seem like the government wants to do away with the government. <laughs> let me give you let me give government. let me give you this example. I think it's it's been my closing thought. Okay. We went to Zenith Bank to pitch about Web3, talk, talk to the CEOs of banks about Web3. As you can think, I've given you this narrative before. And then we told them, oh, Web3 is a Bitcoin. This is Bitcoin, the future of money. Is decentralized, it lives on the internet, it doesn't allow anybody to control the money. The user controls the money directly. A lot of Africans have this money, have this Bitcoin already. Zenith Bank, put this in your app so people can be buying Bitcoin, decentralized, sovereign money is the future of the internet, money of the future, money of freedom. Zenith Bank CEO will look at you and say, Wow, in those core central bank chairman. I say, please, can you like, can you introduce new regulations, please? This is what want to take my bank away from me. But if you go and meet him and say, CEO, for the last 30 years, people have been the custodian of money in Africa. He say, yes, true. People have safeguarded African money, drive business and economy. He say, yes. And what you people are focused on is building the future and making sure that your business continues to exist. He say, yes. Okay, look at Bitcoin. A lot of Africans are holding cryptocurrency. Would it not make sense for Zenith Bank to introduce a custody solution in their app to make it easy for the people, for you people to keep the keep, keep up the good work of being a custodian of finance and money in the society? You are going to make a lot of money for this. It's open, it's decentralized. You have an infrastructure that you can build and allow people to be able to control their own money, and you can also make your own revenue from it. Hmm. Zenith Bank CEO will look at you and say. I'll just pick up the phone and call MFLA, please remove all the regulations I told you earlier on. I think I can make money from this. That is the conversation that business people, board members in Africa, I know you're having. And I think it's less for us. I was in a Ugandan Twitter space recently and somebody said something. It's less for us that understand this technology to explain it to those that don't understand it. And I think that's what this podcast is all about. And I, I am very glad it's our first episode. And from what I can see, I can see the fire. I can see the understanding. I can see the the craziness, the rant. The rant spirit is still in you, Isaac. Isaac, that rant spirit, you need to remove it from you, right? So, uh, no, I, I think this is, I think, I think, I think we bring it to a close. I think the next time we come, we have more topics. We have, we're going to be here twice a month to share the story of, of Web3 in Africa. I think it's the beginning of an amazing journey. Let's see what it unlocks. Once again, I'm Dennis, and this is The Frontier. Have a nice day, guys. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Good night, everyone. Have a very good day. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Bye. Guys. Yeah. Bye.